If we're going to lose our mind and gain the mind of Christ, there is a process that we have to go through. Amen. Uh, Let's go back to Colossians, the third chapter, and we'll begin our reading at verse number one. Colossians chapter three, verses one through three. Have you lost your mind? Have you lost your mind? Have you lost your mind? And have you gained the mind of Christ? Glory to God. The text says this. Apostle Paul is writing to the saints at Colossae. And he says this, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Next verse says what? Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Verse 3, it says, for you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Amen? Let's read that from the King James Version of the Scripture. I love the way it reads because it gives a different connotation, a different mindset to me. From the KJV, we look at Colossians, the third chapter, verse number one through three. Glory to God. It says, if you then be risen with Christ. In other words, if you are saved, if you've had a born-again experience, if you've invited Christ to be Savior and Lord of your life, then seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of the Father, on, on the right hand of God. It says, well, set your affection or set your mind on things above, not on things on earth. For verse 3 says this, it says, for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ. Now, guys, we begin to say that if we're going to develop the mind of Christ, there are three stages in that process. On last week, we covered set, setting your mind, which is the beginning stage. And that beginning stage involves the principle of the will, the will principle. Every last one of us in here have a will that we control. One thing that God won't do is take your will away. Because God made all of us as free moral agents. He made us with, with the ability to choose. We're, human beings are, are, are unlike any other animal that was that was ever created. We have a will. We have a choice. God, God is not willing that any man should perish, but God will not make any man get saved. Are you tracking with me today? God is, God is, God is not willing that any born-again believer will walk through this life ignorant of the principles of God, but God will not make you study his word. Are y'all listening to me? He'll command you. He will exhort you. He will share the benefits of getting to his word. He'll share share with you how how your life can be radically changed and your decision-making can be more on point and right and healthy, but he will not make you study God's word. Are you with me today? Some of y'all know that, right? Because he hadn't made you yet. You've been saved 10 years and he hadn't made you yet, has he? You start, but you stop. You start, but you stop. You're inconsistent. You're sometimes up, sometimes down, sometimes level to the ground. God is saying, I want you to be what? Steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Can I get a witness? So God made us a free moral age. So we have a will, the will person. We have to set our will. We have to, we have to decide in our minds that we're going we're gonna to set our mind. We're going to set our thinking. We're going to focus on things above. So we got to set it. God won't set it for us. We have to set it, okay? Now let's go to Romans, the 12th chapter. Uh, we left off here with renewing your mind, and we're going to just try to see if we can cover some ground today. Glory be to God. I am super excited to be in the house of worship today. And, man, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited 
to have my golden vessels in the place. Glory be to God. You know, I, I oftentimes think about that. There's only a few of y'all that were, st- that were here 32 years ago uh, when I first started pastoring here. If, if you were here when I first started pastoring here, raise your hands. Let's see your hands. We got one, two, three. That's just the Galloway, four or five, about five or six of y'all here, okay? Uh, and so, so I, I appreciate the, the, the longevity. I, I appreciate the consistency. I, I, I appreciate the support from those who were there from the beginning. And so, but it doesn't matter if you were there at the beginning or if you're here, if you just came two weeks ago, we all, amen, are going to grow together. Can I get a witness? And we're all on the same team trying to get God's will done in the earth realm. Okay. So the second stage, uh, uh, the second thing that we got to do if we're going to uh, develop the mind of Christ is we got to renew our mind. This is the growing stage, what we call the growing stage of the river principle. And we'll talk about it just for a second, in just a second. Text says this, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. You really want to worship God, you, re- you really want to know how to worship God, is that means you give your body as a living sacrifice to him. Verse number two, let's go. It says what? Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and is pleasing and it is perfect. Now, guys, as Christians, hear me carefully, as Christians, we live in a constant state of renewal. Uh, and after you give your will to God, you must continue to allow your mind to be changed or to be transformed by a renewing process, I told you on last week. And, 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 and this renewal process, this part of the process is, is, is what we're going to describe as a time of growth because none of us come to Christ, none of us come to Christ Hear me carefully. None of us come to Christ already spiritually grown. The Bible says we are babes in Christ. As a matter of fact, the Corinthian church, when we studied that, we recognized that that church had a disproportionate amount of spiritual babies up in that place. And because of that disproportionate amount of spiritual babies in the house, there was a lot of turmoil, a lot of uh, uh, immorality, a lot of foolishness, if you will, happening in the church. How many of y'all have been part of a church where there was foolishness up in there? Well, I'm going to go out on a limb and say probably some of us have did some foolish things while we were members of the church, right? Anybody... Care to admit that, yeah, you know, pastor, sometimes I didn't act very godly. Pastor, sometimes I didn't say some godly things. Pastor, sometimes I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't quite, uh, you know, I, I had a bad attitude, pastor, I'm going to be honest with you. You were preaching and I was looking at you like, I don't know who he talking to. <laughs> Any of y'all up in there? Mad at your Pastor. Mad at your pastor who's just pouring his heart out because he loves you dearly and he don't want to see you make some of the same mistake that maybe he's made or others have made. So he shares out of his heart. He gets into the word of God to deliver the word of God. And you sit there saying, I don't know who he's talking to. Everybody said that's foolish. All right. Because see, what we got to realize is that, that, 
that as, as a born-again believer, uh, you know, there, there are times when our minds, I told you on last week, our, our, our thought process has to be captured because there are thoughts that are coming our way, and we got to use the Word of God to capture those thoughts to make sure they don't come, become embedded in our head and down in our hearts. Because they come down, they get embedded in our hearts, then guys, it'll start bubbling out of our mouths. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth does what? It speaks. Are y'all with me today? So, so, so as Christians, that renewal process, that changing of our thought, our thought life is a constant thing that helps us to grow uh, in our faith because none of us come to the cause of Christ. None of us come to Christ already fully grown and mature. No matter what age, you can be an 80-year-old spiritual baby, guys. I'm not talking about age. Let's, let's, let's drop the age thing because I don't care how old you are. You can be an old fool. Yes, I said fool. Or you could be a young fool. Foolishness has no age limitation. It could be on all of us. And all of us, if we're honest about it, since we've been born again, have probably made some foolish choices and decisions. I know I have. There's a lot of those, can I have that one back, that are in my life. And prayerfully, I learned from those foolish mistakes and those foolish decisions. Can I get a witness? Now, the, 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 this part of the process, again, it takes growth. It takes time, and we call this growing stage of the process the river principle. Let's go to John, the 7th chapter right quick. John chapter 7, and we're going to begin our reading. Let's start at verse number 37. John chapter 7, and we're going to begin our reading at verse number 37. Hallelujah. Are y'all still with me today? Talking about commitment to change. Commitment takes, it, it, it takes a, a concerted effort. Our will has to be involved. It says, on the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Next verse says what? Uh, anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Verse 39 says, when he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. And guys, what I want you to understand is, is this, watch, watch this. Until Jesus left the earth, until he ascended back up into heaven, the Holy Spirit in his fullness in filling us and being a part of our, 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 being a resident in us could not happen until Jesus ascended back up into heaven. All right. So he says, he says he was speaking of the spirit. Now, guys, watch this. Fresh living water flows in and washes out the old and the dead. That's why we call it the river principle. A river flows. Right. How many of y'all observed the Red River here lately? If you cross over the Red River, it's, it's, it's pretty high. Right. And that water is what? Steady. What? Moving. But if you go to a pond, a pond, the water is not doing it. Right. Uh, most of us don't work on the river principle because the river principle means if something is flowing, the river flows in, it'll take stuff back out, okay? But a pond sits there stagnant. Ponds become stagnant, but rivers flow. Ponds become puddles, but rivers become oceans. And guys, what we got to realize is that when he says, I'm, I'm going to pour out rivers of living water. He's, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, which gives us the perfecting agent that we need in our hearts and our minds to clean some stuff out of us. All right, so the first thing we said is if we're going to develop the mind of Christ, we got to do what? We got to set our minds. We got to put our focus and our attention on things above and not on things, what? On earth. 
The second thing we got to do is we got to renew our mind, guys, because we want to have the, 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 the Holy Spirit doing its perfecting work in our life. We are to grow spiritually, and our growth in Christ ultimately is, it, 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 it should be a process that, that puts us out front so that God can use us to do his kingdom work. Amen? Listen to me very carefully, guys. All of us who are living, breathing beings, our bodies grow by producing new cells. Am I right? About, anybody in the medical profession, all medical profession, y'all give me a nod. Make sure I'm, I'm, I'm all right, okay? Y'all, we're on the same place. If, you, if, if you're living, then your body produces new cells, right? As long as life continues, your body constantly is producing new cells. That newness, guys, is a sign of life. Failure to produce newness, hear me carefully, is a sign of death. If there is nothing new happening in your life, in your spiritual walk, you better check and make sure that you're spiritually alive first and foremost. To make sure that you have a personal relationship with Christ. Can I get a witness? We got to make sure. So, again, think about this for a second. Anything that's living produces newness. Now, how many of y'all will be honest with me and tell me that, that there have been stages of times in your walk with the Lord where, where it seemed like wasn't nothing happening? Well, you were in that dead period. You were in that period where it seemed like, I'm coming, Pastor. I'm here. I hear you. But you know what? Life, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I'm just, I, I don't feel like I'm growing. Anybody ever been there before? And I, I think all of us, if we're honest about it, have been in that state before. But guys, we cannot afford to stay there. The, the spiritual life is, is, is to be characterized by a constant renewing, amen? Lack of renewal or growth is a sign of death, amen? And we all should learn to expect spiritual newness and not be surprised at what form that newness takes. Sometimes that newness means that I'm, I'm working and operating a new ministry. Sometimes it means that, that, that I'm, I'm, I'm doing a new thing. I'm, I'm approaching my marriage a different way. How many of y'all know that a lot of marriages need to be renewed, refreshed? Any of y'all ever felt dead in your relationship before? That, that was an interesting thing that, and we're going to do this exercise at one point in time, but we were uh, part of a, the Barner Group collab, and one of the things that one of the breakout groups uh, shared with us as a way to try to evaluate the effectiveness of something, they said that there are four things or four questions or four directives you need to take when it comes to whatever you're doing in your life. Number one, it said you either keep it, you either curb it, you either refresh it or you add it. Keep it. In other words, whatever you're doing is good, it's working, it's being effective. Curb it means you put it out on the curb for the garbage man to pick up. How many of y'all know that some of us have stuff in our life that we need to curb it? Can you think of anything right now? You say, I need to curb that. I need to curb that. See, and, and then so, 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 so either you keep what's going, you either curb it, put it out there for the garbage man to take, or you refresh it. Some stuff is good, but it needs to be refreshed, right? It needs to be refreshed. I, how many of y'all remember this stage area that we had 20 years ago? Or not we, this building went here 20 years ago, but 15 years ago. Functionality-wise, I mean, at that time, it, it, it was functional, but for what we were trying to do in ministry, it ceased to be as functional as it needed to be to give us some flexibility. So we took down, uh, how many of y'all remember the, the pit that was over here? How many of y'all remember the pony wall right here? How many of y'all remember that the stage was only this high and we added another layer? Anybody remember that? 
we had, a, we had another pit over here, and we didn't go all the way to the wall. There was a hallway. There was a little walkway that came from the back door all the way up here. You could walk in from the side. But we had to refresh it to do something different. And sometimes in our lives, guys, God is saying, listen, I, listen, I don't, I don't want you to throw it out, the baby out with the bathwater, but you need to refresh what's happening. And many married couples sitting here right now, your relationship needs to be refreshed. Help me, Jesus. Your relationship needs to be refreshed. Maybe even on your, in your place of employment, you've been there so long, you've gotten complacent, and you do things the same way, and you get in your routine, and God says, I want you to work harder than me, so refresh yourself. When you go back to work Monday, don't go back there with the whole home, well, I got five more years to retire, and so don't nobody mess with me. Any of y'all ever been in that mode before? I got, five, I got five years. They better not say anything to me. I'm vested in my retirement. Those are kind of folks you have to kind of watch on those jobs. They, they ain't gonna, they're not going to stretch and do anything beyond what makes them comfortable. But God says, whatever you do, do it heartily as unto whom? The Lord. So everybody said, refresh it. Touch the person next to you. It's the only time I ask you to touch them. Touch them and say, we've got to refresh some things. And there's times in ministry things have to be refreshed. There are times when things in our individual life have to be refreshed. And then there are times where we need to add it. We need to add some things to our lives, add some things to our spiritual disciplines to help us get to where God wants us to be. So, so renewing our mind is, it signifies growth, amen. We should all learn to expect some newness, spiritual newness in our life. Newness may occur as you move into a, a new and deeper relationship with the, with the body of Christ or with another uh, Christian. One of the things that's really blessed me is uh, over the last couple of studies we've done, uh, emotionally healthy spirituality and emotionally healthy relationships, the small groups have begun to, 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 to connect and partner outside of Sunday. And outside of the meeting time, and some of y'all have had uh, different times where y'all met in different places and y'all have been discussing uh, uh, where we actually do service projects, a mission outreach type projects. And you're connecting away from the church. And that's, that's, that's what we call doing life together. If I only see my fellow members at EBC on Sunday, then I'm not doing life together with my fellow members at EBC. Let me come back over here. If I only see you on Sunday, then that means we're not doing life together. Because doing life involves more than gathering on Sunday. I know you're private. I know you don't like a lot of people over your house. But God says, if I'm going to use you to build kingdom relationships, I need you to come up out that comfort zone. Come on, I know you never had anybody. You don't even have to be able to cook. Just go order something. Go order something. Say, you know, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have Brother Vic go to my house tonight. I'm gonna we just gonna chill. We're gonna watch some football. We're gonna talk about whatever we need to talk about, and and then we're just gonna spend some time together. And we're just gonna share. I'm gonna I'm gonna invite Dick and Charles. I'm gonna I'm gonna have Brother Kenny share. I'm gonna whoever we're gonna we're just gonna get together. And we're gonna just we're gonna just have a time where we just we just kind of do life together. So that we can build a relationship. So I, one of the things that's, that's, that I'm seeing that's coming out of the study is, is that there's a newness. Some of y'all are, I thank God for some of y'all. I, I've watched some of y'all who are leading small groups now. And 25 years ago, you wouldn't have, you, come on. You know you. 25 years ago, mm-mm, pastor. 
pastor, you mean I'm going to have a, a bunch of ladies over to my house? You know, ladies can be messy. Have any of y'all, have any of y'all ever said that before? Dudes can be messy too, but but we just we messy about sports. We talk. We he talked about the Cowboys. I talked about the Saints. No, but y'all ladies get into y'all get into some mm, 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 mm. y'all y'all go into territory that you really don't have any business going into, but you go into it anyhow because you were a lady. Not all, not all. I'm going to be stereotypical. Okay, not all. Okay, y'all with me? But guys, nudeness, nudeness. Some stuff we 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 keep. Some stuff we got to curb it. Put it on the Put it out on the curb, let the garbage man come get it. Some stuff we got to refresh, and some stuff we got to add to our life. And that is signifying that we are growing and that we are developing as the body believes. But renewing your mind, guys, let's keep moving, okay? Because if we got to first of all set it, then we got to renew it. Uh, newness is the way of progress as, as, as we are moving from one state of glory to another. Look at 2 Corinthians, the third chapter with me right quick. Second Corinthians chapter number three, and I, I, I want to get to verse number 18, but I want to start at verse number seven. It's a little lengthy, but I want y'all to listen to it, okay? Because there are things in our life, and I, I look at my life, there's some things I know that need to be refreshed. There's some things I need to add. There's some stuff I need to put on the curb and say, okay, garbage man, come get it. I don't need that in my life at this season. Okay, and some stuff I need to keep because it's working. God is moving and doing it. So evaluate your own life. When you sit down as a family, what's the stuff we need to keep? What's the stuff we need to put on the curb to to, to be discarded? What stuff we need to refresh? And what stuff do we need to add into our spiritual life? Amen. Watch what the Apostle Paul says here as he writes to the church at Corinth. Let's read together. It says what? The old way with laws etched in stone led to death though it began with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face. For his face shone with the glory of God, even though the brightness was already fading away. Let's keep reading. Shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way now that the Holy Spirit is giving life? Who's giving life? The Holy Spirit. Let's keep reading. Come on. It says, if the old way which brings condemnation was glorious... How much more glorious is the new way which makes us right with God? Let's keep reading. In fact, that first glory was not glorious at all compared with the overwhelming glory of the new way. So if the old way which has been replaced was glorious, how much more glorious is the new which remains forever? Now, guys, what you got to understand is contextually here, Paul, the writer, is still, oftentimes he's addressing issues uh, as it relates to people who were still trying to hang on to Judaism, still trying to hang on to the Mosaic law, still trying to, trying to hang on to the tenets of the old way of doing things. But see, Jesus Christ came to cut a new covenant. Are y'all with me? Paul says here, the old was glorious, but can you imagine the one that's everlasting, the one that remains forever? It's much more glorious than the old. Are y'all tracking with me today? Sometimes, guys, we hang on to stuff because we've been used to stuff. And God is saying, that's old, but I got a new way I want to deal with you today. My word is not changing. You're under the new covenant. Christ Jesus died on Calvary's hill. He was crucified, buried, and resurrected, and that is the way you get to me. 
Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. That's what Jesus said. Either Jesus lied or he told the truth. So if he said, you got to come through him to get to the Father, why are we trying to go around him to get to the Father? Watch this. Let's keep reading. So since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. We are not like Moses who put a veil over his face so the people of Israel will not see the glory, even though it was destined to fade away. He says, but the people's minds were hardened. Here's what I, here's what I want to get to, guys. Don't be like the children of Israel under Moses' leadership. The text says the people's minds were what? Hardened. And some of y'all sitting here right now, your mind has been hardened. And it's, I'm going to use, use, use this word. It's been poisoned by the world's way of thinking. It's been poisoned by your group's way of thinking. It's been poisoned by your fraternity's way of thinking, your sorority's way of thinking. It's been poisoned by the, your, your family of origin's way of thinking. And it's been hardened. The people's minds were hardened. And to this day, whenever the old covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so they can't understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by believing what? In Christ. There were still some who were thinking that I can obtain righteousness before God by keeping uh, the tenets of the Mosaic law. There were still, still some who were saying, yo, it's Jesus plus circumcision. It's Jesus plus having certain dietary restrictions. You cannot eat pork. That's a sin. I saw it in the Old Testament. Well, go to the New Testament where the Bible says if I bless the doggone stuff, I can eat whatever I want, whatever I want to eat. I can eat a coon. Do y'all know what a coon is? That's short for raccoon. Never seen a hand of anybody ever ate coon before. All right. How many of y'all eat deer meat? See deer meat? All right. We're going to deer meat. Okay. How many of y'all ever ate squirrel before? Oh, yeah. Sister Henry, one time, this has been, bless God Almighty, made it impress me. It's about 30-some years ago. One day, we went by her house for something, and she had, she had a, a barbecue squirrel. And I'm not a squirrel eater. Maybe the second time in my whole life I've ate a squirrel. But when I went by Sister Henry's house, and she had that barbecue squirrel, I'm telling you, that was, that was like dying and going to heaven. But the Bible says, whatever you eat now, because we're under new covenant, our righteousness, our righteousness does not come by what we do, but it comes by what Jesus Christ did. Now, in saying all that, if you got high blood pressure, leave the pig feet alone. Come on now. <laughs> Am I right about it? Lay off all that salt. If you if you got high blood pressure, you, you, you gotta you gotta get yourself together. But you gotta run hard for Jesus. But all things been equal, the Bible says once we bless it, we can eat it. New covenant. Everybody said new covenant. But the people's mind were hardened, and to this day, whenever the old covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so that they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can, can be removed only by believing in Christ. There are still people who still are hung up on certain things. And, and again, if that's your conviction, okay, that's your conviction. But don't make it doctrine. And don't send people to hell because 
they wash their car on Sunday. Any of y'all remember that? Any of y'all grew up, you could not wash your car on Sunday. That was work. Not realizing that the Sabbath, man wasn't made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was made for man. And we ought to do our Sabbath rest, but that's, we, we, we missing, we didn't, we, didn't, we didn't understand, we didn't gravitate from the old to the new. I got to keep reading, guys. Yes, even today, when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with that veil, and they don't understand. There are people who still don't understand. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, guess what? If you won't understand it, you got to turn to Jesus Christ. Quit turning to your own thinking. Quit turning to uh, people who don't even know the Lord. Well, I, I listen to such and such, such and they have a good they, they they have a good column going, and they write, "Do they know Jesus? Are they saved?" I mean, there are many voices in the world, but I think as a believer, we want to we want to listen to voices that, that that are spiritually grounded, such that the advice that is coming is based off principle of the Word of God. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. 17, 18, watch this. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. But the Spirit of the Lord is, KTV says, there's liberty. There's liberty. Now, guys, I'm, I'm going to share something with you. And, and, and please don't take this as, 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 a, as criticism. I'm just telling you that when we learn that our righteousness is not based on whether or not we wear a dress or not. Think about the foolishness of that. There, there were, I, I, was, I shared with y'all several years back how it was. There, there was a group of coworkers that wanted to go to uh, their coworkers' funeral, but they had to leave work to go to the church for the funeral. And the pastor, because he, he didn't understand what freedom in Christ Jesus was, wouldn't allow those nurses to come in with their scrubs on because they, 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 they were wearing pants and not a dress. Now think about the think about it for a second. That's somebody whose mind has been blinded. And I, I know there are some people who are convicted. If that's your conviction, amen, more power to you. Because if you violate that conviction, Paul says, then now you've entered sin. Even though you got freedom to wear a pass, pair of pants, ladies, that are made for a lady. Okay? Okay. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's what? Freedom. There's liberty. Not liberty to do whatever you want to do. But there, but there, but those those things that, that people were uh uh trying to up 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 here and to uphold to and they wasn't keeping it anyhow. And here's here's why you don't want to try to obtain righteousness by keeping the law. Because the law says if you violate it in one area, you're guilty of it all. Now you tell me. That, that you kept every tenet of the law, and then, then I, I, I'll talk with you. But I, I would dare say none of us in here are good enough and don't have the wherewithal and the empowerment to keep every tenet of the law. And, if you, the, and the law says if you violate it in one area, you get to it all. I thank God that Jesus came to die for my sins. I thank God that it's through his sacrificial death that I can obtain righteousness before God. Because a perfect God, you can't go into the presence of the perfect God with sin in your life, in your heart. But the blood washes away all my sins. For the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Now, verse number 18, I did all that to get down here. It says, so all of us who've had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed 
into his glorious image. Now, look at what it says. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Lord makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his what? Glorious image. Allow God to renew your mind in this growing stage. Christ, his life demonstrated progress and growth. Luke 5 and 52 says this, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature. He grew physically, but he grew in wisdom and he grew in favor with God and all the people. So that means that Christ Jesus as a human being experienced growth. He grew in wisdom as well as in stature and with favor. Okay. Hebrews 5 and 8 says this, even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things that he suffered. That's Hebrews 5 and 8. Christ willingly sacrificed himself and suffered for man. Uh, Jesus Christ was the son of God, but he decided to lead the purposes of, of glory to come down here to suffer and to die on the cross of Calvary so that you and I could have a Community, a covenant relationship with our Father in heaven. Isn't that awesome? He obeyed God. He experienced obedience by suffering as man. He learned what it is to obey God as a man. He learned it by becoming man and by suffering as man. So, guys, renewing our mind is a process. It's, it's, it's the growing stage. It's the what we call the river principle. So that we don't we don't want to become uh, operating in the pond principle will become stagnant and our spiritual growth is no longer uh, evident because we're not producing new. If you find yourself in that stage where you're not really growing, you don't have to stay there. The first step in, in getting out of it is recognizing it. Ask somebody who you're close to say, listen, Give me an honest assessment of where you see me in my spiritual walk right now based on our conversations and based on how you, you've seen me walk and how you've seen me live. It, it probably needs to be somebody who lives with you because it's, it's easy to fake it for an hour and a half, isn't it? All right, let, 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 me, let me prove it to you, okay? Can I, can I prove it to you? I want to see the hands of everybody here who's, who, who's came to church before and you were, you were, you were, fighting mad at the person who you're sitting right next to. You, you, y- y'all, y'all, y'all had had one of them knockdowns back up. But when you came to church, you said, hallelujah. <laughs> it's not the Lord good. Glory to God. Amen, pastor. Amen. And y'all fought like cats and dogs. Uh, y'all were not honest with me. All right, I'm going to come back again. How many, maybe, maybe it's not the person who's sitting next to you. Maybe they used to sit next to you. That's why y'all ain't sitting together. They ain't here no more. So, But it could be your mom. It could be a, a child. How many of y'all ever came to church and, and, and you, you didn't have something resolved with a person who you were in relationship with? Let me see your hands. But how many of you were good at not showing it? Some of y'all were aware of your feelings. Some of y'all, we look at you, oh, Lord, something wrong. But some of y'all are real good. Some of y'all are rolled up in here. Man, look like you, you've been you've been you know, you've been with the Lord all night long. Just look glorious. But this is tore up. Kind of like I told y'all, uh, some of y'all are Facebook phenoms, but your life is really tore up. 
But if I were to follow you on Facebook, you look you look like you just I mean things are all together tight and right and nice and and and, and when I when I talk to you personally, it's tore up from the floor up. So guys, what I'm saying is, listen, we got to get to a point to where we're living this stuff out, and none of us are perfect. Hear me carefully. All of us have fallen short. All of us, none of us in here do it right all the time. I, I, but let me back up. I'm gonna tell you about me. I don't. I mess up along the way. Can I be? Can I tell y'all that? Yeah, my wife will tell you if I wouldn't tell you that I don't get it right all the time. But you know what? I'm gonna be. I, I, one thing I am gonna do. I'm gonna be caught trying. I'm not going to be caught giving up on life because I've went through a tough period or we had a, a disagreement in arm. I'm going to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. I am not going to give up. I am not going to get a devil to glory or the satisfaction of him knowing that he turned me around. I ain't going to do it. The Bible says a just man falls seven times, but he gets back up. Get back up. Get up out of that pit. I don't care what you've done. You get yourself back up. God loves you. Somebody listen to me via live stream. You, you get yourself back up. You hear me? Don't let the enemy talk to you that way and telling you what you are not. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Jesus. I know you didn't act like it, but God saved you, and he didn't save you because you were so good and you kept everything perfect. He saved you because he loves you. So you get back up. Get out of those doldrums. Get out of that state of depression. God loves you, and he wants to commune with you. But Pastor, you don't understand how I'm disappointed. Don't you know God? Think about this for a second. God, who's omniscient, God, the Alpha and the Omega, he knows the beginning from the end. Don't you realize that when he saved you 20 years ago, he knew you were going to act a fool in Dillard's? <laughs> this past Saturday and got put out the store. Don't you think he knew that when he saved you? 20 years ago. Because he's, he's omniscient. He knows everything. God knows us from the front to the back. From the top to the bottom, from the inside to the outside, he knows us, but he still loves us. Oh, thank you, Jesus. He knows our secret thoughts. He knows where we've been. He knows where we've been creeping. He knows everything about us, yet he chose to save us. So don't you let the devil play those mind games with you. God loves you. And he desires the best for you. Do y'all hear me? God loves you. And he knows what you've been through. He knows your struggles. But yet he still chooses to commune with you. He'll do whatever it takes to get you back in his presence. If that means allowing some circumstances to happen so you can start looking up toward him, he'll do that. Because he don't, he don't want you to be disconnected from him. All right. So, but, but that comes from renewing our minds, God. We got to renew our mind. Christ willingly sacrificed himself and suffered, amen, so that we could have the right to come into God's presence and we can consistently renew our mind. That's the growing stage, the river principle. We got to keep growing. We, we, can't, we can't stop, okay? Third thing, you got to gird up your mind. You got to gird it up. Everybody say, gird it up. Say it again, say, gird it up. Now, the word gird is, is a term that's, that we don't necessarily use in our modern-day vernacular, but uh, if I had a robe on, y'all would, and I think I shared it with y'all before, how it was that when, during this time when they were, uh, people were 
wear these flowing robes. And when it was time to do battle and it was time to run, they would do like some of y'all used to do when you were a kid. When you get ready to race somebody, you kick the shoes off. Any of y'all kick the shoes off? I'm getting ready to run. I'm kicking the shoes off. I'm getting ready to go. Well, whenever they got ready to, to run or do battle or to fight, to keep that robe from causing the trip, they would take their robe, and if you will, they would take it and put it up inside their belt. They'd gird it up so that the robe would not be messing with their flow of motion. So when the text says, gird up the loins of your mind, go to 1 Peter 1, verse number 13. That's what it has in mind. Gird up refers to, again, those long flowing robes the people wore in the first century. Because you couldn't run and move quickly uh, dressed like that in that flowing robes. So what you got to do is you got to gird it up. Take it. Gird up that robe. This is the readiness principle. We got to get ready. The qualified state, the readiness principle. God is waiting on us to do spiritual warfare, but many of us are not ready. Okay? Wherefore, Gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen? At the revelation of Jesus Christ. In the qualified state, you prepare your mind for action by girding it up. How many of y'all's mind need to be girded up? I, I, mine does. All of us. Really, all of us does. All of us do. Because we can begin to start thinking about things that we should. We can get focused on things that we shouldn't be focused on. And God says, set, renew, and gird. Everybody say set, renew, and gird. Set means the will principle. I got to first start. I got to make a decision. I got to consciously decide I'm going to focus my attention on something else. All right? Then we got to renew. We got to renew. We got to renew. Then we got to gird. We got to, this is the qualified state. We got to get our minds ready. Go to, go to the New Living Translation for that very same verse. And then I got to go uh, to, um, to Luke, the 20th chapter. We're going to look at Jesus. Jesus' mind was girded up, y'all. How many of y'all know our Savior was on point? Text says, so prepare your minds. Prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Watch this, guys. When I read this, it, it, it reminds me and takes me back to my old college playing days when I was playing football, losing a tech. And, I like, again, I learned a lot of things by way of athletic example. You can learn a lot of life lessons by participating in athletics. So I encourage you, if, if, you, if your, your child or your uh, a daughter wants to participate, try to encourage them in that. But don't, don't run all over creation with them every weekend and miss church every Sunday. I mean, you, you, you can do that without having to be gone every weekend. I, I passed by the field today. And used to, you know, 20 years ago, you wouldn't have saw this, but on Sunday, jam-packed, right up in Benton, baseball field. Now, again, I'm not saying that there, there may not be times when you, you know, uh, your child's involved in team, you may go support them with that. But, but every weekend, you got to make a decision. And here's what, what here's what's been sold to our kids, and what you you got to do that in order to get a scholarship. If you're good enough, they'll find you. You don't have to play AAU ball and go to every tournament. Balance it. Sometimes you may go, and and here's the beauty of it now, you you because we're live streaming now. Listen, okay, you, you don't play the twelve, so while you're there at ten o'clock, get on, dial into your church. Here's what I've learned. We can connect now virtually. Can I get a witness? Now, looking at you eyeball to eyeball, I think it's better. But if you can't make it there, dial in. 
dial into the small group. Connect with your church family, all right? Because uh, there's a, uh, Jay, I don't know if you had that, that, that picture. I saw this, and I like to die laughing when I saw this. Jay, uh, pop to that right because you need to connect. You can tell when you haven't been in church a long time. When you haven't been to Sunday school or church in a while, who killed Goliath? Did y'all see that? Now, if y'all said COVID, it's been too long. Some of y'all get that before you get home, right? That's when you know your child hasn't been in church and you haven't been in church in a while, okay? All right, so, so, so guys, we got, we, we, got, we got to connect and get our minds renewed, okay? So it says prepare your minds for action. But what I was saying is when I was playing baller tech, one of the things they would say, they would, they would tell us to get your game face on. Y'all have heard it before, get your game face on. What that meant was no laughing, no joking, no playing around. It's time, to, it's time to go to war. And you go in that locker room, and guys are looking deep, looking serious. You know, down, head down. Got, now, nowadays, they got the music playing in the ear. But, but back then, we didn't have music playing in our ears most of the time. We were, we were just, we were, we were focused. We looked mad, as a matter of fact. We look, Tyrone, you ever had to get your game face on? You, you, you look deep. You look, you look, you look like, like you smell something. But we're gearing up our minds. There is, there is, listen, guys, when it comes to athletic, we, we think it's all the physical part, but many times it's the, it's the part, it's the inward part, it's the mind part of the competition that, that will get you beat. That's why it's so hard for Super Bowl teams to repeat because they keep on uh, thinking about what happened last year and thinking about all the pats on the backs and all the parades and all the endorsements they had last year because we're a Super Bowl champ, and next year somebody come popped you in the mouth and said, this is a different year. Different year. Okay, you won it last year, but you're not going to win it this year. Kansas City won it last year, but they got what? Popped in the mouth. <laughs> I mean, literally, by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right, the stuff that was working last year didn't work this year because you got to you got to refresh. Everybody said you got to refresh that thing. You think that jet sweep gonna work this year? I remember when the jet sweep first came. How y'all know what a jet sweep is? Any, any guys? Jet sweep when it first came out, man, it was it was like it was something revolutionary. That guy would come start in motion, and then by the time the, the ball is snapped, they snap and hand it to him. He goes around the curve and he around the curve, around the end. And he's got momentum going, and that thing was popping off big runs when the jet sweep was first instituted. But after a while, defensive coordinators figured it out. And they knew when it was coming. And you hardly see people run the jet sweep any longer because it's not as effective as it was when it first started. You always got to refresh it. Everybody say refresh it. Because the enemy will try to figure out your strategy, and he'll come at you, okay? Now watch this. So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the glory, in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. I got to finish this, y'all. Watch this. Go to Luke 20. Come on, Luke 20. Verse number 20. Watch Jesus. Jesus' mind was girded up. Oh, my goodness. All right, guys, listen. Got to read this. But there's some scriptures that I really want to delve into. So can we come back next week and do this last one? And I'm going to go on vacation for a couple of weeks. 
and we will come back and start a new series. All right? Can we do that? I right, watch this. Watch this. Listen, 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 to, listen to Jesus. His mind is girded up. Watch this. Watching for their opportunity, the leaders sent spies pretending to be honest men. They tried to get Jesus to say something that could be reported to the Roman governor so he would arrest Jesus. Look at the text. Says, watch this. Teacher, they said. Watch this. We know that you speak and teach what is right. Listen to these clowns. The back up at the previous verse. What the verse says? Watching for their opportunity, these leaders sent spies pretending to be honest men. They tried to get Jesus to say something that could be reported. They tried to trap him. Look at what he says here. Watch this now. Teacher, they said, we know that you speak and teach what is right and are not influenced by what others think. You teach the way of God truthfully. Now tell us, is it right for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Come on, Jesus, what you think about it? Come on, Jesus, tell us. Now tell us, Jesus, tell us. What do you think about it? Watch the, watch the master. Watch the master. He was girded up. His mind was girded up. Watch. He said he saw, their, he saw through their trickery. He saw through their trickery, and he said what? Watch this. Show me a Roman coin. Whose picture and title are stamped on it? Caesar's, they replied. Watch Jesus. Well, then, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. And give to God what belongs to God. Watch these cats, right? Watch this. Look. So they failed to trap him by what he said in front of the people. Instead, they were amazed by his answer and they became silent. See, there's a lot of folks, critics, prognosticators who are going to try to come and entrap you with your words. But you stand on truth and let the Bible speak for you. Can I get a witness? Quit trying to figure out the argument for everybody from every different angle, but just say what God's word says. Look at the next verse. Come on, watch this. Watch this. It says, then Jesus was approached by some Sadducees, religious leaders, who, who say there is no resurrection from the dead. They don't even believe in the resurrection of the dead. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. They pose this question. Now, they don't believe in the resurrection of the dead now. Watch this question they asked him. Teacher, Moses gave us a law that if a man dies, leaving a wife but no children, uh, his brother should marry the widow and have a child who will carry on the brother's name. Next verse. Well, suppose there were seven brothers. It is foolish question they asked him. The oldest one married and then died without children. So the second brother married the widow, but he also died. Then the third brother married her. This continued with all seven of them who died without children. Now that, was, that was really a part of, of, their, of, their, of, their, of, their, of their tenets of their faith. And, and uh, at that point in time, if, if a wife, if, if the husband, brother died and, and don't know, you know, she would marry the brother. Now, that, that's not us. I know some of y'all are talking about, I ain't, I ain't married my brother-in-law. The same for you. I'm just telling you what the culture and the custom was at that time. Since finally, the woman also died. Now, these guys who are asking this question don't even believe in the resurrection. They don't even believe there's a resurrection from, from, from death to life. So tell us, whose wife will she be in the resurrection? They don't even believe in the resurrection. But they're asking this question. Why? To trap him. For all seven were married to whose wife she's going to be. They're going to fight it out in heaven? 
Look at what Jesus says. Everybody says his mind was girded up. Jesus replied, marriage is for people here on earth. So why are you talking about, oh, grandmama, we're granddaddy in heaven. I know that's nice to say, but granddaddy and grandmama ain't granddaddy and grandmama married in heaven because there's no marrying or giving in marriage in heaven. So I, lo- I know y'all love to say that. Mama, mama with daddy now, and they, they, they got their heavenly mansion, and they just walking around heaven making love all day. Baby, they ain't married. Can I bust your bubble? I know it's hard to understand, but the Bible says, Jesus says marriage is for people here on earth. So some of y'all are going away sad now. Foot. I said at the funeral. Mama with daddy now. Yes, she is, but but it, it, it ain't it ain't husband and wife. Y'all got that? It's in the book. Don't go home disappointed. Don't throw th- stones at me. Your mom and dad ain't married in heaven. All right? Marriage is for people here on earth. Watch this. Look at this. Watch this. But in the age to come, those worthy of being raised from the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage. And they will never die again. In this respect, they will be like angels. We're going to be like angels, guys. They are children of God and children of the resurrection. Look, 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 look. Is that it? It says, but now, as to whether the dead will be raised, even Moses proved this when he wrote about the burning bush. Long after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had died, he referred to the Lord as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Look at what Jesus says. So he is the God of the living, not the dead. For they are all alive to him, guys. They're all alive to him. Watch this, going through verse 4. Well said, teacher. Remarks some of the teachers of the religious law who were standing there. Watch this. And then no one dared to ask him anymore. I, I tell you what, I wouldn't ask him no more questions either. <laughs> His mind was girded up, guys. And what God is telling us is we got to gird up our mind. Now, I got to, next week, I got some, I'm going to walk through some scripture texts, and we're finishing this up. Have you lost your mind? Some of y'all say, Pastor, you, you, I think we think you lost your watch. <laughs> it's a long series. But next week, I promise you, we'll wrap it up. Guys, Set your mind. Renew your mind. And let's gird up our minds. It's time for spiritual warfare. And you got to be ready to fight. When, when I go to battle, I need to know that you're going you're gonna to keep fighting. You ain't going to run. We got to get ready. Every head bowed, everybody close. Father, we thank you.